the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. This passage this morning here in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, Verse 23 reads as follows. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And we had begun to settle accounts. One was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant, therefore, fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And then the master of the servant, who was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw that what had been done, they were very grieved, and they came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should not also, should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him into tortures until he should pay all that was due to him. And so my heavenly father also will do to you, to each of you, from his, and so my heavenly Father will also do to you if each of you, from his heart, does not forgive his brother his trespass. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we bless you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this privilege. We pray that your Holy Spirit will bless our time together, that you would give grace that you would provide what is necessary, the strength, the clear articulation of speech and thought, that the word might go forward in such a way that your name gets glory. Father, if there's anyone that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior of their life today, it's my prayer, God, that you would allow them to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If any have drifted in their fellowship, I pray you would draw them back to you that the broken fellowship might be restored. Lord, have your way in our time on today. 
and allow your word to go forward and accomplish what you desire it to accomplish. We need you, Lord. We're living in the last and evil times, and these are desperate times, and we have to get it right. So, Lord, I pray that you would give me what I need, even as I stand to declare your word, that it might be clear in the hearers, ears of the hearers. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. This text that I've read and you're hearing this morning is a parable, and I want to begin uh, this, uh, take a moment to just kind of begin and start everything off with defining what a parable is. A parable is an earthly story that has divine or heavenly meaning or application. It is a uh, generally given or utilized for the benefit of of teaching as we see it in Scripture. In fact, uh, Jesus himself uses 37 plus parables in all of his teaching, and it is estimated that about one-third of all of the teachings of Jesus in the New Testament are parables. Parables are uh, crafted in such a way that they are relevant and applicable to the subject matter that's being taught. They are uh, uh, argued in, uh, to be uh, utilized so that the hearer can clearly connect to the subject matter of the parable. As we look at the parables in the scripture, it is believed that they're, and argued that there are no parables found in the Gospel of John, though there are uh, allegories, and some believe that those allegories may be parables, but that's an argument for another day. But the reality of it is, is that parables are really powerful ways to teach principles and practices of the kingdom of God, which Jesus uses over and over again. This parable is no less powerful, and it is launched from a conversation of teaching on the forgiveness of your brother's sin. In the midst of Jesus' teaching on this subject matter, his disciples ask, how many times should I forgive him? Jesus' response is 70 times 7. And then he shares this parable. I want to talk to you on this morning from the subject matter, the caution against Christian hypocrisy. The caution against Christian hypocrisy. I'll begin by saying that the Christian's theme or the theme of Christianity has never been one of justice. Our theme song is not justice, 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 no. Our theme song is grace and mercy, grace and mercy. And I need to lay that out in front of us as we walk our way through this parable because I believe that this parable, within this parable, we may see ourselves and find find the need, if you will, to be cautious against being hypocrites to the very scripture and the very life that we live in. Y'all still here with me? In this text, we open up in that 23rd verse by seeing that first and foremost, the debtor who cannot pay. The debtor who cannot pay is revealed here in the text uh, and, and I, I love the way he opens this up because it helps us to know what he's trying to, well, how he's applying this whole text. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is light. That helps us know that this parable that he's about to tell is, is uh, connecting to the way in which the kingdom of heaven operates. 
So it helps us to know and helps us to understand as kingdom people, this is the way the kingdom operates. This is the way the kingdom of God is like. And the kingdom of God is like, he says, a day when a certain king who wanted to settle his accounts with his servants. This is a reminder to us all that the the kingdom of heaven is going to come to a point in time when the king is going to call us all to settle our accounts. There comes a day when the king will call you and he will call me and he will say to us, we must now give account for all that we've been entrusted to. We are clear from the word of God that every man must give account for everything that's done in his or her body. And so the day is coming when the king will call us all to give account, to settle the accounts and know beyond the shadow of a doubt that this day is coming. Whether you're living for Christ or not, the day is coming that every man must give account for what he's done and how he's lived this life. This debtor in our text owes 10,000 talents. My goodness. He calls his one uh, servant to him. He's selling his accounts, verse 24, and he begun to sell his accounts. He, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. You got to understand this, this is not a small sum of money. 10,000 talents is the equivalent of 200,000 years of labor. 200,000 years of labor. 60 million days of work. If we were to put it in our equivalent today, it would be uh, perhaps somewhere in the neighborhood of $3.5 billion. It's an incredible amount of money for a servant to owe his master. But this servant has this debt, and in verse 25, we find out that he's unable to pay his debt. He was not able to pay back the $3.5 billion. He was unable to pay back the 60 million days of work. But yet his master is calling into account and calling him up to say, look, it's time to pay what you owe. This kind of reminds me of the whole idea of what the bank could do to, to us at any given time. A bank could perhaps say, I'm calling in my debt. Now, I know you owe 250000 on that house or you owe 400000 on that house, but we want our money today. For far too many of us like this servant, we'd be kind of scrambling to say, I can't pay that. This servant cannot pay the debt. It was a debt he could not pay. It was a debt beyond his comprehension. It was a debt beyond his ability to even think about paying back. Yet, as a result, his master realizing this, his master, verse 25, he was not able to pay, and his master commanded that he be sold, he and his wife and his children, and all that he had, that a payment might be made. Not that the debt might be paid off, but that a payment might be made. He would be taken and sold, his wife would be taken and sold, his children would be taken and sold, and everything that he had would be taken and sold in order to pay a payment on the debt that he owed. It still doesn't pay the debt. Are y'all still here with me? Because this servant has a debt that he cannot pay. This debt that he cannot pay is likened unto the debt that we all as born-again Christians once had. We all had a debt that we could not pay. We owed to the Lord and we could not pay. This servant pleads with his master, pleads with him, Lord, please give me more time, give me more opportunity, and I will pay. He pleads futilely because there's no way, there's no way, even if his master gave him more time, there's no, absolutely no way he could have paid back this debt. He pleads with them nonetheless for mercy. And knowing that he cannot pay, he promises to try. I'm going to try. 
And the reality of it is there's just no way he can pay the debt. He's in a debt that he cannot pay, just like you and me. When we, before we came to Christ, we had a debt we could not pay. We had a debt that no matter how hard we worked, no matter how long we labored, no matter how much life ha- we had left in us, we couldn't pay back the debt. We were in a place where there was no way that we could pay God what we owed. Our king, if he had called in our debt at us at any given time, we would have been just like this debtor who could not pay. In fact, we were like him. We were just like a debtor that could not pay. And if you haven't accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, your debt is still owed, and it's a debt you cannot pay. There was no way that he could pay back this debt, so he had to plead for mercy. He had to cry out for mercy in the same way that we had to cry out to our king for mercy. Lord, have mercy on us. There's no way we could pay this debt. The debtor who could not pay the debt, as this text moves on, his servant fell on his feet, cries to his master, have patience with me. I will pay it all to you. Sounds good, but we know it can't happen. In the same way, if you or I have fallen on our knees before the Lord and say, Lord, don't worry, I'm going to pay my debt. I'm going to pay it. I'm I'm going to to pay off all this sin debt that I owe. I'll pay it. The master knows we can't pay it. So guess what? The debtor who cannot pay is now forgiven. So the debtor is forgiven in verse 27. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. Hold on a minute. His master, whom he owed all this money, who he owed all this debt to, was moved with compassion. He was moved to a place that he realized his servant could not pay the debt. And because his servant could not pay the debt, he he decided not to hold him hostage to a debt he could not repay. Also knowing that there was no way that he could repay the debt. There was no way that he could satisfy this debt. His master, having looked upon him and saw that he was in a position of of pity, he was in a position of need, he was in a position, he didn't want to lose his wife, he didn't want to lose his children, he didn't want to lose all he had. His, His master has compassion upon him, not just pity, but compassion, which means he goes beyond pity and does something about it. What he does beyond this debt that he cannot pay is he forgives him of his debt. He forgave him 10,000 talents. He forgave him of 200,000 years of work. He forgave him of $3.5 billion. I wish I had a master like that. He forgave him. He wiped the slate clean. He says, you can start all over. You don't owe me anything. Go. You're free. And in the same way, each of us who is born again has been forgiven of all of our sin. The mercy of God has been poured out upon us. And we've been able to walk away from all the debt of sin we owe. He wiped it clean. He washed it away. He wiped away what we could not pay because the wages of sin is death. We deserve to die. Not just any death. We deserve to die the brutal death that Jesus Christ died on the cross. We deserve to be eternally separated from God. But because of our cry, because of our cry for mercy, because we had a debt that we could not pay, because our master had compassion on us and sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, he wiped away all of our sin, cleansed us of all of our unrighteousness, wiped the slate clean. Not only that, but our master, even beyond that of the master in the, in the parable, 
he not only forgave our sin that we had already encountered, but he forgave sin that we would yet even do. Wow. Our master, like the master or the king in this text, our king, forgave all of our sin debt. He forgave each and every one of us. And can I walk us through just a few things that he has forgiven us of? Because sometimes I think when we become sanctified and saved and born again, we forget all the stuff that we was used to be walking in. But he forgave us of lying and cheating and stealing. He forgave us of murder and adultery and idolatry. He forgave us of lascivious living and covetedness. He forgave us of all the wicked thoughts and deeds of our hearts. He forgave us of every abomination that we had committed against him. He, he forgave us of every single solitary sin. Not one sin debt did he not forgive us of. He wiped it all away because we had a debt that we could not pay. He did not exercise justice on us. He did not bring down the hammer on us. No, he extended grace and mercy was given to us that our sin was forgiven. So this debtor, who we see the debtor that could not pay and the debtor is forgiven. But as we move into verse 28, look what happens. But this servant, right after he's been forgiven all of his debt, but this servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat and saying, pay me what you owe. The debtor who is forgiven now is the debtor is who's not forgiving. So the debtor is not forgiving. After all that he had been forgiven of, after all that had been wiped off of his slate, after 200,000 years of labor had been wiped off of his slate, after 60 million days of work that he owed his master had been wiped off of his slate, after $3.5 billion that he would have never been able to earn in a lifetime as a servant had been wiped off of his slate, he plays the hypocrite and goes after someone who owes him a meager, and I mean meager, 100 denarii. 100 denarii. Now, 100 denarii, if you were to put it in the equivalency of our, of our, our, our coinage or our, 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 our money today, it's only $16. So he goes after this guy, and he doesn't just go after him and say, hey, hey, dude, you owe me 16 bucks, pay me. He grabs him by the throat. He's aggressive to him. Lord have mercy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You just got forgiven of $3.5 billion and you're going after this guy for $16? And you grab him by the throat? He's playing the hypocrite. He's one that has been forgiven and now is not forgiving. What do you think about this guy? What do you think about him who has been, uh, after, after all that's been forgiven him, what do you think about him? After, after he's had everything forgiven, all of his debt forgiven, and, and, and no justice was applied to him. What do you think about him who now wants justice from his fellow servant? Hmm. What do you think about that? What do you think? Let's, let, me, let me dig in a little further. The text says, and he would not, uh, uh, verse 29, his fellow servant fell down and begged and pleaded with him, saying, have mercy on have, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Just the same words that he used when he fell down at the feet of his master and his king. 
and, and verse 30 says, and he would not. But he went and he threw him into prison till he should pay. Instead of him exercising mercy and grace, he exercises justice. He throws him in the prison, grabs him by the throat, throws him in the, in the prison until he should pay. I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, what, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about this guy who has no compassion after all this compassion has been laid upon him? After, after everything that he has been, been, been afforded, that he, he couldn't pay, but yet turning around and executing now justice on this guy. Well, here's where I want to caution us as Christians from playing the hypocrite. Because after we've been forgiven and escaped the justice of our sin debt, we, shouldn't, we should be cautious for calling for the justice of others. Stay here with me. Having no mercy when we've been forgiven and we've had mercy exercised on us, we need to be cautious. We need to be cautious in this. Hear me clearly. Be cautious in this that we ourselves don't find ourselves being and playing the hypocrite of the text. Here's a man whom justice was, he escaped justice. Stay here with me. Because of the mercy of God, he escaped justice. But now he wants justice to be executed on his brother, his fellow servant. We as the children of God have to be careful in this that we don't find ourselves marching and parading and crying for justice, justice, justice. Because justice is not our theme song. Mercy and grace is our theme song. It was by grace that I was saved. It was by grace that you were saved. It was because of the mercy of God that we were not consumed. And if we're walking around with this freedom from justice and freedom from being from paying a debt that we couldn't pay and paying a debt that we could have had to pay because the wages, the payment of our sin was death. We should have died. So we have to be careful that we don't line up and all of a sudden now want to grab others by the throat and throw them in prison. Is it wrong for an administration or a president who mishandled a pandemic to receive mercy? Is that wrong? Or should we now not pray for him because he contracted the COVID virus? Hmm. Or should a police officer or officers who have killed a black man, a black woman, or any person for that matter, in a sinful and in poor execution of their duties, have mercy and not justice? Or should they be thrown into jail till they pay? What about that brother or that sister or that family member or friend or that enemy or that stranger who abused you, misused you, mistreated you, hurt you? Should he or she be forgiven? Should they escape justice? Or Shall you grab them by the throat until justice is served? Here is where we have to tread softly lest we become a hypocrite. Praise the Lord. 
You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.